Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Tuesday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. I think most of you have noticed by now, or if you haven't, I'll remind you that at the top of the hour, every one of our intros, Rod, the music we play is a local artist. Live and local, baby. Live and local, because we're Austin's only local morning sports conversation all through the ATX, all over the world on the Horn app. Take us wherever you go. That is uh, Spoon. We're a great band here from Austin, Texas. Also, uh, we have Gary Clark Jr. We feature the Black, Black Pumas. Pumas. Yep. Um, and, you know, on our fifth hour and the 10 o'clock hour, it's something different each morning, a wild card. Uh, but I say that because today is Ham Day. Austin is the live music capital of the world, and to try to keep it that, one of the big ways they do is the Ham Alliance, the Health Alliance for Austin Musicians. So, you know, in addition to uh, talking sports, get out there and support some live music today. It's that 18th year. It's on one of Austin's most iconic celebrations oh. of community and live music, and yep. it's really health insurance and health benefits for Independent contractors, musicians, musicians, yes, they are. Who, um, you know, they, they they travel a lot, right? They're on the road. Their health not always the best. And uh, Health Alliance for Austin musicians. It's a great day. There's been live music since 6 a.m. My buddy Nick Shuley, our guy, who'll be here with the uh, set list ATX tomorrow with all the best shows for the upcoming week. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's, he's going to be down at uh, HEB on Lake, the the one right there by uh, Lake Austin, by Lions Municipal Golf Course at mm-hmm. New HEB. Uh, they're going to be there at 9 o'clock this morning. I think there's going to be some Texas players out there. I did see, uh, and you can go follow their uh, Twitter account at uh, MyHam, M-Y-H-A-A-M. Yeah. MyHam. Um, um, but, yeah, and they got gear and all kinds of stuff. And you can, I think, donate on the website. You can go check that out, too. I think at MyHam.org is where you go donate, find out more information. But it's a great organization. It really is. I it think. is. And today is their big day. They're it's going ham. Push. Going ham. Well done. You should be in marketing time. Somebody said, thanks for that Spoon song. I wanted to know who that was. Yeah, Spoon, that's their first song off their album that was Grammy-nominated last year for Best Rock Album. Didn't win, but it was nominated. It's a really, really good album from uh, the local guys, Spoon. Mm. So check that out. Um, song called Held. Hey, so um, to go, go help that, ham, myham.org is how you do it. It's two A's in ham, and uh, that'll be, we'll keep pushing that this morning. Also talking Longhorns and Baylor. Also talking Cowboys at 2-0 and o and the rest of your Tuesday morning. Uh, the, the NFL is in the books for two weeks now, and we were treated to two pretty ugly football games last night, Rod. At the end of the day, you kind of get all geeked up for a doubleheader. Mm. And, I, and I actually, because I, I missed the games, I mentioned Nick got me a ticket at the last minute to see Jason Isbell on the 400-unit hey. tape at ACL uh, nice. taping last night, which nice. was an incredible show, uh, as usual. Uh, my man Nick came through in a big way. But um, the so I, I caught the end of the Steelers game, but man, the, these were two ugly football games last night, Rod. Two ugly NFL prime timers. The Carolina New Orleans game was kind of hold your, you know, cover your eyes, you know, football, and then mm. the, the Brown Steelers was just a rock fight. The the Steelers, man, the Steelers offense. I've been talking about this for a while. It it is probably one of the worst offenses in the NFL. I mean, it, they had 255 yards of total offense last night. Their defense actually scored more points than their offense did because they had two non-offensive touchdowns. Uh, but you go look at the last in – the, in the Matt Canada, because he's the offensive coordinator there, in his time as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers, they have not once, not one time, had a game where they gained at least 400 yards of offense. Not once has it happened. 
They are the only team in the NFL that has gone that amount of time since 2021, since he became the OC, without at least one 400-yard game. Yeah, yeah, and their offense is is challenged, even though they scored 26 points last night. 14 of them came on defensive touchdowns. They only had 250 total yards in the game. Uh, Najee Harris, I thought he was going to be a really good player out of Alabama. He's just an average running back right now. Their offensive line still struggles, but uh, they beat Cleveland. They beat the Browns they because they win, uh, forced four turnovers, and that's a Mike Tomlin team. Got to win ugly. You would think the you know Steeler fan and Steeler, you you played the sound earlier. Steeler fans were chanting, oh. "Fire Matt Canada!" Oh yeah, we have. <laughs> out of the offense, yeah, they really have, and to be able to come out in this situation and force a Fire three out, that's Canada. big time. You know, they use the timeout. I mean, You've got one left, but three minutes left. That's the Steelers fan base. They're, they're one of the classiest fan bases in all of sports. But they sports. also know football. They're and, smart. Yeah, and they know Matt Canada and ain't They know it. bad offense when they see it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, they are limited, but they're not this limited. That's just, they got enough of a sample size to know, like, Matt Canada just doesn't have enough creativity. Uh, and there's just, his offense is not clever and it's very predictable. Yeah, so, yeah, but they still won. And by the way, that's the way the Steelers do, man. They still won. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to your other headlines, trending mm-hmm. topics to start a Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Top Gun. Rentals and Lawn Equipment bringing you the news. Longhorns ranked third in the country after their first 3-0 start since Mac Brown was the head coach. David Ash and Case McCoy were the quarterbacks. It's been a bit. 2012, this week for Texas, it's the beginning of the end. They open Big 12 Conference play for the final time. Uh, and first up for Steve Sarkeesian's Horns, a trip to Waco to face the Baylor Bears for the 113th time. Uh, meetings between the two and possibly the final time. Steve Sarkeesian knows what they're in for. You know, I think this week, Big 12 play, and, and that's exciting. And like I touched on with the team, Big 12 doesn't care that we're 3-0. The Big 12 doesn't care that we're ranked number three in the AP poll. Um, we are 0-0 zero and zero in Big 12 play. And, and this week, we've got we've to do everything in our power to try to get to 1-0 um, in, a, in a hostile environment um, against a really well-coached team, a veteran team. Um, and it's going to take a lot of poise, a lot of composure, um, and we're going to need to play a complete game. We're going to need all three phases Saturday night, and so that's what we're putting forth in our effort, and, and that all started this morning. On the injury front, Coach Sark announced yesterday that they're going to be without starting right guard Cole Hudson and redshirt freshman defensive lineman Chris Ross for about a month each. Both injured this past Saturday. Hudson's got a knee problem. And uh, Ross injured his elbow. Better news for freshman running back C.J. Baxter. He returned to practice yesterday. And according to Sark, good to go after he sat out last week with that minor foot injury. Uh, Longhorn's got the breakout game from Jonathan Brooks with Baxter not playing. Uh, not good news for the 1-2 and two Baylor Bears. Meanwhile, official word from their head coach Dave Aranda that their starting quarterback Blake Shapin not ready. He won't be right back for the game this week. He's been out since uh, week one when they lost to Texas State. That means the redshirt freshman Sawyer Robertson will be the starter. He's a Mississippi State transfer, only completing 44% of his passes this season. Elsewhere in college football, Michigan State has initiated the process to fire suspended head coach Mike Mel Tucker uh, with cause. Tucker was placed on administrative leave without pay earlier this month after it was revealed that he was the focal point of a university investigation into allegations of sexual harassment. Uh, NFL, we mentioned, doubleheader of Monday Night Football wasn't pretty, but it was the Browns get the 26-22 win. Not only did the Browns lose that game, they lost their all-pro running back Nick Chubb for the remainder of the season. Gruesome knee injury in the second quarter. Uh, In Carolina, meanwhile, Saints improved to 2-0 with a win over the Panthers, 20-17. In the Major League Baseball, what a gut punch loss for the Astros last night in Houston. Cedric Mullins hit a three-run homer in the ninth inning as the Orioles rallied past Houston 8-7. And they still lead the Rangers and the Mariners by a game and a half in the AL West.
Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, we'll get into uh, Sark talking about those injuries uh, for the Longhorns. And they actually have been relatively lucky because that's basically all it is when it comes to injury luck. And you do need that injury luck if you're going to make a championship run in any sport at any level. Uh, You're going to need injury luck on your side. Uh, The Longhorns haven't really had to deal with any big-time injuries. They have had Cedric Baxter get dinged up uh, in the first couple of games, not unable to finish those games. Uh, But this is that first injury with Cole Hudson and and you know even when the Chris Ross one doesn't necessarily hurt Texas that much because they're so deep on the defensive line they actually rotate a lot of defensive linemen we've seen them in a couple of these games early on rotate as many as 12 defensive linemen they did in that Rice game so they're deep there they're deep on the O-line too but Cole Hudson is crucial to what Texas uh, yeah, does on the offensive line. They, remember, he played more than D.J. Campbell versus Bama because I think matchup-wise, he fit what they wanted to do. D.J. Campbell known more as a road grader and a run blocker. Uh, Cole Hudson n- known more as a more polished overall offensive guard, but also a guy that's better in pass protection. Now you got to figure out who's going to be your rotational right guard there with D.J. Campbell, and he was your backup center as well. Backup yep. center, that's big. Yeah, it is, and um, but both are expected back. Uh, I, I would, I mean, I guess there's a chance for Oklahoma, but that's like three weeks away now. Yeah. Then there's a bye week after the OU game, so I would expect probably, to see both back yep. after that bye. Good point. Um, but let's hear Sark from yesterday because he talked about with CJ Baxter. You know, he probably could have played on Saturday if it was a more critical game, but they wanted to make sure he's healthy for conference play. But what we did get to see was Jonathan Brooks with a breakout game, 167 yards on 21 carries. He was the identity of the offense. Here's Sark yesterday on. Um, you know, what do you thought about Jonathan Brooks seizing the opportunity with the freshman injured? Well, you know, I think maturity, you know, it's like anything. Guys, year three now, um, and he had a chance for two years to be with, with Bijan and Roshan, you know, two really mature guys and that handled adversity really well, never really got emotional. Uh, and I think now, you know, Jonathan is at a state of his career where, He's a little bit more even keel, you know, and, and he, he's a little bit more focused, and that allows him to kind of not make kind of some unforced errors. And he's taking care of the ball better today than, than he ever has, knock on wood. You know, he's, he's really taking care of the football um, situationally, his understanding of what we're trying to do. He's a, he's a problem in the passing game. So he's just grown, right? His, his development has been that he's grown as a player, but he's also, I think, grown personally and, and – uh, He's a guy that's one of the leaders on our team, and I'm glad we got him. Yeah. Mm. About Jonathan Brooks, he was, you know, waiting patiently behind B. John Robinson, a generational talent, and Roshan, and then they recruit this number one running back in the nation. Hey. C.J. Baxter comes in, and guess what? He's still here, Rod. It don't stop. I mean, yeah. he, he's still here. I mean, this, this is kind of like the Roshan Johnson thing. I was always amazed that Roshan mm. didn't seek else. I mean, the transfer portal, you can move on. and if You can, and you can play. He's, he obviously is talented enough where he'll go somewhere and play. Yeah, I think it's crazy that none of these running backs transferred. Mm. I, I fully expected one of them before the season started to that that is leave. one of the uh, mm-hmm. you know the probably the under talked about conversation about Sark and the culture he's built. Guys want to play in this program. Guys want to be here, and you know the fact that they have three good quarterbacks and Malik Murphy is still back. You know, backing up Quinn Ewers. Uh, that's that leads to a lot of depth on this football I, team I will right now. Say that he he's put out there on film the last couple of years. It's just 
talking about specifically the running back position. He has put out there on the film that he is willing to play two tailbacks on the field at the same time. Did that uh, upwards of 15 plus percent of the time in 2022. Uh, it was uh, close to like six uh, to eight, eight percent of the time in 2021. And I think this year he'll still he's obviously been using a lot of two tailback sets, 21 personnel. 20 personnel, I think showing the the young running back recruits, hey, I'll play multiple running backs on the field at the same time. So just because you're in the, the, the room, the running back room with the lead back doesn't mean you won't see the field. And he's shown that is the case, that yep. he'll play those guys. A uh, couple other things from Sark I thought was yeah. interesting that I, 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 I piqued my interest listening to it yesterday. One thing, they're, they're playing at Baylor, and this is the first time they'll play at McLean Stadium at night. Every other road trip to Waco since that stadium has opened has been during the day. Uh, 3 at 11 a.m. kicks and then a 2.30. But this one will be night. Okay. I don't know if that changes anything. But here's Sark on uh, understanding the environment of the Big 12. We, 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 we mentioned earlier 13. that, um, you know, Dave Aranda said, you know, people just all offseason have come up to him randomly and said, hey, just, just beat Texas. Just beat Texas, right? Uh, whatever you do this year, find a way to beat Texas. Uh, this will be a fired-up, rowdy crowd. It's the, you know, as we said, the 113th meeting. Texas has only played A&M and Oklahoma more often, and this may be the last one. Here's Sark on uh, he and his team understanding what they're walking into here in the Big 12. Well, I think we just need to understand what we're walking into. You know, we're going to walk – we're going to go into Baylor here Saturday night on the road. Um it's been well documented that as of right now, the last time we're, we're, we're going to play Baylor, last time we're going to go there. And so we understand the environment we're walking into, and, and we can't be fearful of that. You know, we, we have to embrace it. we gotta, we got to walk in there and, and be ourselves and play our brand of football, but understand what we're going into. And so, you know, I do think that's part of it. I do think, you know, as, as a lot of these games and and historical games that are going to come to a close this season, um, now more than ever are their horns down, right? Now more than ever are there, you know, who cares about Texas? Let's, uh, let's, let's take one more shot at them on the way out. And so we can't sit here and, and be a punching bag. You know, we, we got to walk in there and we have to be in attack mode. Um, and, and we have to make sure that, um, you know, we're built for the environment, and I think we've proven that to ourselves now over kind of the last couple of road games that we've had and uh, no more than, than going to Alabama and embracing that environment. So uh, we're going to have to do the same Saturday night. Saturday night, first yeah. ever night game at McLean Stadium for the Longhorns. Right. And you want a fast start. I think that's something Sark's going to emphasize. We know the opening script for Sark. In years past, was really good, especially his first two years. Hasn't been great this year, but now you have your fourth quarter response from this team. Um, I went back and did the math. Texas in Sark's uh, second year in 2022, just the opening script along, first 20 plays, uh, Texas was averaging 9.5 points uh, per game. All right, out of just out of that first 20 plays in that first script, that's a good amount of points. Now you're down to 4.3, which isn't terrible, all right, but it, you're not, you're basically, uh, you're not where you were last season in terms of that quick, fast start, putting points on the board early. But if you go look at what's happening in the fourth quarter, you're outscoring your opponents now in the fourth quarter by an average of nine points per game in the fourth quarter when last season you were outscored in the fourth quarter by a combined 12 points in fourth quarter in overtime. So it just seems like the focus and the emphasis just has shifted to the fourth quarter. And I, I think that's better. 
than being a first-quarter team. Now you're a fourth-quarter team. What you want to be is a four-quarter team, which means you play the first, second, third, and fourth. Right. Uh, that's the challenge for Sark. He hasn't had a full-quarter team yet, but being a fourth-quarter team, you can make it to the national title doing that. TCU did it last year. Yeah. Uh, one other from Sark that I thought, and on the Baylor front, you know, he was asked, you know, is there any chance beyond this year that you keep playing the program keeps playing the Baylors and the TCUs and the Texas Techs uh, and keeping these rivalries alive. Sark was uh, not very optimistic that that's going to happen uh, after this year. Well, I think that's a, that's always a hard one um, because the moment you play one of them, the other one's going to be even more upset. Why isn't it us? And so, I, you know, again, I, all I can do is focus on the teams we play. And I, and I recognize these are great rivalries and, and games that have been played for a long, long time. Um, you know, if that's the direction it ends up going into, that that'd be great. I think it's great for the state of Texas and and so on and so forth. But some of that is obviously out of my control uh, of what we do there. But I do think one of the challenges with that is you play Baylor, Tech's upset. You play Tech, TCU's upset. You know, you play TCU, Houston's upset. They they finally just got in the conference, and so it kind of just there's that trickle down effect. And so where it goes moving forward, I'm not really certain. Um, I know we're excited. Next year we get to play A&M again, which we haven't been playing for some time. So you can't play everybody. All you can do is just try to you know play the schedule you have and play it as good as you can. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know the way him and CDC are talking. If you really get any uh, any consistent tradition of them playing Texas schools, you it'll happen. But I'm just saying I don't know if it'll be a rotation or any consistency. I don't think they want to commit to it. Yeah, it either. might happen. But I'm saying they don't. Well, it's, it's pretty obvious. CDC and and Sark, they're not committing to that. Well, and there might be some political pressure with Tech just because yeah. you know they've got it's a state school. Exactly, it's a, it's a flagship school or one of the state schools. Yeah, uh, obviously, TCU Baylor private schools. We'll see where that goes. Uh, all right, Rod will have more with the Longhorns behind the burnt orange curtain coming up the bottom of the hour. Can I ask you this question, Rod? You know this. Let's do it. How much did the Browns pay Deshaun Watson? Guaranteed. Uh, uh, it was fully. I, I don't know exactly what the number is. Like I'm two hundred thirty-two million. It was two. I think two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah, I think it was. It was a big More, number. Yeah. Fully guaranteed. Shout, just, out, shout out, David Mulligan, who got yeah, well, the fully guaranteed. Well, they've now played deal. the Bengals and the Steelers this year, right? He's mm-hmm. had the whole off season. Last year, when he came back after his suspension for the massage peddling thing and all the uh, civil suits, he um, he wasn't very good. He wasn't very. No, good. he was terrible last year. He's he's, he's much better than he was last year, actually. Well, right now, through through two games, he has a QBR of 29.3. Yeah, that ain't good. 29.3. <laughs> Baker Mayfield's is 65 and a half in Tampa yeah. Bay. Joshua Dobbs is 51. The two quarterbacks who preceded him are playing better than he is right now. And now Nick Chubb is out, which that offense is built around Nick Chubb. Mm, yeah. Uh, I just, like I said, Michael Vick is the only example we can think of of a quarterback that missed that much time and came back. Uh, to the NFL, and and Michael Vick signed a big deal, and that performed at a high level. That's basically what what I think we're asking of Deshaun Watson to miss that much time and then come back and play at an elite level. Nine point three. I mean, we one time people were debating, and I was debating, and I could I could prove it that he actually it was a a reasonable argument that he was a top five quarterback yeah, no. after that. I watched what, the whole season. Yeah, that twenty twenty season. Yeah, he was yeah. really good. He was really good, and then, they paid him how much? They gave up how much and then gave him how much guaranteed? Hey, because they saw that season. I know. They saw that 2020 season and went, oh, man, if he's that guy, we're going to be in the Super Bowl in like five years. 
and he's got a quarterback rating of 29.3. But he's not that guy. Because <laughs> to be that guy, you have to cultivate your craft, you know, day in and day out. And he, he didn't do it for two years. And now you want him to come back and be a top five quarterback. It's just, it ain't happening right now. And now with Nick Chubb out, I wouldn't doubt it. They're going to get in, at least spark up the Jonathan Taylor trade discussions Ooh, again. And Cam Akers. Oh, and Cam Akers. In fact, Cam, Cam Akers, Akers is, is probably better. Like, he, you probably get him cheaper. He'll be cheaper, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb may not play football for a while. Um, that's a that's a hey. tragic injury. Yeah, and it's, remember, it's one that he is re, not re-injuring, but he had a similar issue. Yeah, he had his left knee reconstruction in, in 2015. Yes, and now he's that thing. I I still haven't seen it. I don't need to see it. I heard the groans. Can we hear this one more time, Ty? The groans from the Steelers audience, the fans. They didn't mm. show this on ESPN, and you'll hear Troy Aikman and Joe Buck here. That's horrible. Uh, you can go find this on social media if you'd like to. I don't know that you need to, but uh, gruesome leg injury. Mm. This is his leg went the wrong way. Um, oh. uh, when he ran in with, with Mike Mika oh, Fitzpatrick. Man. And here's the way it sounded in Pittsburgh when the fans in attendance got to see it on the big screen. I am told that the replay of Nick Chubb getting injured is not to be seen. Yeah, it's we're mm. not going to show it. Yeah, God, dang. I, By the way, speaking of Baker Mayfield, whew. how about him on third down this year? 20 for 23 on mm. third downs. That's a rating of Money. 132 Money for Baker Baker, 2-0. and oh. And he's got the highest passer rating when throwing against man coverage. Yeah. Baker. Having a hell of a season so Money far. Mayfield, and we all baby. knew that they, along with New England, New Orleans and Atlanta, would all be 2-0 and oh after two weeks. Uh, all three. Three of the four teams in that division are undefeated through two weeks. Cowboys, of course, you know, one of the three teams in the NFC East that is undefeated as well. All right, we come back. We'll go behind that BOC. Burn Orange Curtain. More with Sark talking Baylor in the Big 12 and his team. 3-0 and for the first time since 2012. We'll also go off the record before the end of the hour. It's Ian Rod B. Hook him up. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Austin, Texas. Sports. The Horn. Yeah, we mentioned it. Dave Aranda, the head coach at Baylor, said yesterday at his uh, weekly news conference, quote, I can't tell you how many times this offseason it's been, hey, Dave, just win one game, please. Just win one game, please. And, of course, that's the Texas game. And the Longhorns are going to hear a lot of that as they enter their final season in the Big 12 Conference and conference play. Baylor Bears on Saturday night. Uh, As we look at the Big 12 to start conference play this week, uh, Baylor one of the four teams of the 14 that are 1-2 and on the year. Not off to a good start, and their quarterback Blake Shapin is hurt. Uh, the other one and two teams, Rod, and so far Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Houston at the bottom of the Big Twelve right now. Yeah, uh, Texas Tech, of course, lost to Wyoming and Oregon. Houston lost to Rice and now TCU in their first conference game. Uh, Iowa State not very good. Matt Campbell's team they won that game, beat Northern Iowa. But they've lost to Iowa and Ohio now. They never beat Iowa. I know. Matt Campbell never beats Iowa. Well, think of, think of, I mean, the, the Big 12 I, Conference. That's the Matt Campbell beat Iowa. I can't even remember. Even his good teams, he didn't beat Iowa. It's uh, well, the, 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 the mighty Big 12 this year has lost to non-conference culture ball heavyweights Rice, Texas State, Ohio, South Alabama, Wyoming, and Miami of Ohio. Yeesh. Mm, yeah, that's some Yeesh. coyote ugly Ugh. going on right there. Your five three 3-0 teams in the Big 12 are Texas, Oklahoma, BYU, Kansas and UCF. Yeah, BYU is going to be uh, sneaky. 
They're interesting. They're gonna be a, that's going to be a, a sneaky, tough game for Texas. Because we know they usually have good, decent lines of scrimmage. <laughs> yes. That's just kind of one of the things that they're known for. But they may not have veteran experience, but they have older players. Some of these guys have mortgages and families and stuff like that just because of their missions. So they are a different it's a different type of roster. That's a home different game for Texas, obviously. Yeah. And um, Sark has Kansas, to Sark played at BYU. So yeah. Be emotional for him. That's right. That's right. That's his, uh, where he played college football. College ball, so and yeah. threw for a lot of yards. Of course, BYU beat Sam Houston State in the opener. They also beat Southern Utah and at Arkansas. So, decent, one of the more impressive. I mean, with the Big 12, they're, they're impressive non-conference wins, few and far between. Texas is over Alabama, stands out. That BYU over Arkansas. Also of note, Kansas beat Illinois out of the Big Ten on that, uh, that, that, that Friday night game that they played. And then Central Florida, you just don't know with Gus Malzahn. They played Kent State, Boise State, and Villanova. Yeah, just not sure. Just not sure. Uh, Oklahoma, right? They played three patsies. And, I, well, maybe SMU's not a patsy. But that game was closer than you would think. It was 28-11, to 11, but they scored a touchdown late. Uh, it was a one-score game for the Sooners. So they're off to a 3-0 and start. Uh, statistically, Oklahoma's been the best team so far because they lead the Big 12 in offense and top uh, two or three in defense right now. But, again, they haven't played anybody. I believe Matt Campbell is 1-5, like a 1-5 or 1-6. Does he Iowa. get fired after this year? No. they just Too much money? They don't know if they can do better, so not right now. I think he's entrenched there. But he missed yeah. his window to move on. Remember, oh. he turned down that Detroit Lions job. Should have cashed that lottery ticket, man. Should have cashed it. Should have cashed it. Jeff Trailer cashed that lottery ticket. Don't stay there too long. Don't do it. Mm-mm. Don't do it. It's a mistake. All right, so again, Texas, uh, they're, you know, if you look at the way the Big 12 is right now, they get Kansas at home, they get Kansas State at home uh, here in Austin. They also get uh, BYU. BYU here. So, uh, so that's And when that's they do optimistic. travel, they don't have to travel outside the state yeah, to play at, They'll teams. play at Fort Worth yeah. and Sunny at Dykes Baylor, team. At Waco. And, of course, Oklahoma is a neutral site in yeah. Dallas. And a couple. By the way, the same weekend the Longhorns play the Sooners in what could be it is the, mm-hmm. the game of the year in the Big 12. Um. The next day, the Cowboys play the 49ers. How about that weekend? Oh, that is sexy. <laughs> Damn, in Dallas. But it's in, it is, is, it, is it in Dallas? It's at San Francisco. Oh, it's at San Francisco. It's at San Fran. Yeah. I always hope it would be pretty cool if you could do the double dip. Catch both nice. of those games. Oh, man, that'd be fantastic. Hey, yeah. let's go behind the burnt orange curtain and talk some Texas football. Longhorns getting ready for Baylor. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. What is behind that curtain? All right. Uh, we talked a lot about the Texas offense versus Wyoming. I think uh, we have pretty much covered uh, the struggles and covered uh, all the different dynamics uh, from the offensive performance versus the Cowboys. But let's jump to the defensive side of the ball. And defense was phenomenal uh, in that game versus Wyoming. They did give up the big run early. All right. So uh, we understand they gave up a big run early. But really, after that big run early, man, they settled down. Um, and you really saw this Texas defense just suffocate Wyoming and force them to, you know, really nitpick, kind of really just kind of dink and dunk their way down the field, which they did. Uh, they put together some drives, and they really, that's the one criticism I would have the defense. They didn't force Wyoming into a lot of third and longs. I believe they only had four third and longs, third and seven yards or more. But you take away the 62-yard run from Wyoming, that touchdown run uh, on the first drive, they only gave up an average of three and a half yards per play, two and a half yards per rush. That's pretty good. Um, so here's Sark when he was asked about the strengths of that defense, which is playing really, really well right now. He asked about the strengths of the defense at his uh, Monday press conference. Yeah, well, I think one 
we're we're playing together, right? I think our communication is is as good as it's been since uh, since I've been here, and so that's that starts with your safeties. That starts with your kind of inside linebackers, making sure everybody's on the same page. And so, you know, for the most part, we don't have catastrophic busts, right? Whether it's in coverage or in the run game. I, I know the one run spit out the other day, um, but that was for a kind of, in my opinion, a variety of things. But um, I think that communication has been helpful. I, I think, too, their understanding of why we're calling what we're calling and PK what he's calling and, and what we're trying to defend. Um, three, I like the way the effort that we're playing with. I think we are getting to the football. We're populating the ball. We're tackling really well. And ultimately, we're affecting the quarterback. And, you know, what a, you know in a game that was kind of heavy run driven and, and the ball getting out of the quarterback's hand, the one time we had an op, you know, Baron Sorrell with a big sack there late in the ball game. So I think all those things add up to we're playing a style of football that's fast, that's aggressive, that's physical, and it's smart. And so if we can keep going down that path, we're going to be okay. Uh, I agree with him. I think the football IQ has definitely increased on the defensive side of the ball. You can see that uh, in some of the adjustments that the guys were making real time during the game after making a mental error or uh, a, a mistake of some kind. Uh, the guys are fixing those things on the field real time. They're, they're not issues that are plaguing this defense, uh, like a guy losing contain or a guy um, being out of position in coverage. I see it watching film. I see it one or two times, and then I don't see it from that player again. Yeah. Um, you see these guys correcting mistakes and well, the coaches correcting those mistakes. And I think we, I don't know if you're going to play the sound, but his, his comments on Jade Barron being maybe the highest, one of the highest high Q players on their team, and he, you know, no one watches more film. I know you're a big fan of Jade. Well, to have he and Jalen Ford, you know, on the field mm-hmm. together, two really smart, you know, players who kind of connect that front and the back, right, to, to lock it together uh, with that the defensive front that they have is, is really impressive. And Jade is uh, – he wants to be a football coach when he's done, Ron. He did say – yeah, he said he doesn't want to be a head coach, just a He wants to be a defensive coach. He said, I want coach yeah. offense. I want coach yeah. defense. He said he doesn't want to do both. <laughs> he said he doesn't want to worry about other people's issues. <laughs> yeah. And I feel him on that. I said, you could be a head you could be a head coach that calls the plays, though, defensively. Yeah. yeah you can do that. Nick Saban does. Um, so I don't know, but I, I I agree. His football IQ is through the roof. He talks, or at least I heard on the uh, the broadcast. Lowe talked about how Jade Barron presents uh, the coaches Terry Joseph, Blake Gideon, with plays and formations and personnel groupings every week that he believes uh, that they can actually uh, exploit and make splash plays against. Like these are opportunities for us to actually, you know, get takeaways, opportunities for us to make plays. So he. Is. He's a he's a really uh, high IQ football player. Here is Steve Sarkeesian talking about Jade Barron and his uh, impact on that Wyoming game. So on defense, Jade's um, kind of the glue over there for us right now because he does a really good job of tying the front and the back end together. You know, Jalen obviously does it from the backer position, but Jade does it at that star position because he's in and around the box in the run game. We're asking him to to play in coverage and zone coverage and man coverage, and he gets some tough matchups in the slot. Uh, but his ability to, uh, you know, one of the higher football IQs on our team and his ability to diagnose what's coming and then trust his instincts and, and go make plays really shines through. It's not by chance. It's not by luck that he makes plays. It's He does his studying. He has prepared for the ball game. And then when he sees something and he knows it, he goes for it. He cuts it loose. And in turn, he makes some really big plays for us, and he does it with a really physical nature. 
Yep, totally agree. I mean, you can you can watch him and tell that he watches a lot of film, and because he <laughs> immediately pl- picks up on clues and 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 keys that the uh, offense is giving him, and he has no fear and no doubt. Once he sees something that is confirmed by his film study, once he sees a key or a clue, I call him a great football investigator. Once it's confirmed uh, by his film study, whatever key he sees, he's going. There's no doubt. There's no fear, no hesitation at all. And that's why he makes so many plays at the line of scrimmage. That's why he's almost unblockable by wide receiver. I haven't seen a wide receiver block him yet. When they're on those wide receiver screens, nobody blocks him because he's he's so quick to the football. He reads the keys way before the wide receiver can even react to block him. It is it's next level. Um, so he had a great game. Um, I, I predicted he would be a first team All Big Twelve defender. Um, he's gonna make me look really smart in Big Twelve play because he's gonna continue to play just like that. Well, and as I said, you have a guy like Jalen Ford next to him, or you know, on the field in the back end with him playing linebacker, who's a very similar player, right? To play different positions, but they're both just so smart and. You put Byron Murphy, uh, you know, in front of those guys with Tavondre Sweat, it, you know, the central nervous system of the defense, as you call it all the time, Rod. And then you got a guy like Jalen Catalan playing the high safety. When you get the Big Twelve, these are th- these are three or four, re- you know, really really smart, intelligent football players, instinctual pl- football players too. Both all of those guys, um, and yeah, I mean, and these are the guys, all all three of them, right? Jalen Ford, Jalen Catalan. Um, also, Jay Barron, they're, they're Havoc players, too. They make a lot of splash plays on defense. You just heard, heard Sark talk about Jay Barron. He had several third-down stops for Texas in that game. Had the interception versus Alabama. Jalen Ford had an interception earlier this year. Jalen Catalan's a splash player. That's guys you need. They're Havoc-minded players. You keep up with Havoc plays, which are basically fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, sacks, sacks for loss, interceptions, PBUs, splash plays by the defense. And last season, Jalen Ford led the Big 12 in Havoc plays. Uh, Jade Barron was also top 10, averaging uh, one. I believe he was around 1.2 Havoc plays per game. I think he's going to be on that same pace. And it's actually a little disrespectful. He didn't make all Big 12 last season. He's definitely going to make it this year, in my opinion, if he keeps on this type of pace. He won't be the only Longhorn, though, uh, that will be giving all, giving all Big 12 honors at the end of the season. Um, so several guys on defensive front will probably get some love, too. Um, and Sark talks about this uh, the pass rush depth for Texas. And he was asked about, you know, them rotating a lot of guys on that defensive line and trying to, you know, cause as much uh, chaos and havoc as they can on the D-line. Here's Sark talking about the pass rushing depth. No, I think it's great. You know, again, we we came into the season, um, like everybody, wondering where were we going to get that pressure from on the quarterback, right? Uh, We knew a year ago that we applied pressure on the quarterback, but we didn't get the numbers in getting him on the ground. Um, and I, I think it's a real credit to, to you know, Coach Bo and to PK in being creative in their ways to, to get pressure on the quarterback and trusting the depth that we have on that defensive line. And now to think we're getting it from a variety of people and whether it's the interior defensive line with sweat and, and Murphy and Alfred Collins and, and Vernon and that crew, or you get to the edge position with, with Ethan Burke, um, Baron Sorrell getting him one the other night. We've been using Chris Ross more. Justice Finkley's been showing up. And then, you know, the, the utilization of, of Anthony Hill, that, that ability to play depth and letting guys rush the passer fresh, I think has been helpful. Where a year ago, 
some guys were on that field for a lot of snaps. And then it came down to critical third downs, and they just didn't have enough juice in their tank to, to go to get the quarterback on the ground. There may have been pressure. We couldn't get them on the ground. So now I think we are reaping the benefits of a rotation on the defensive front to, uh, to apply pressure on the quarterback and ultimately get them on the ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, that has probably been one of the most pleasant surprises of the season. Everybody was stressed about who's going to be, you know, provide applying pressure on the opposing quarterback opposite Baron Sorrell. And, man, Ethan Burke has been a <laughs> – he has been a godsend for Texas. I mean, he has been one of the better defensive ends in the country, yeah. one of the edge players in the country, uh, not, not just in the Big 12 and not just for Texas. So now what we thought would be potentially a liability or at least it was an unproven area, it was uh, something that was an uncertainty. Now it's a strength for Texas on the edge. That, I think, is also why the defense is trending in the right direction. Yeah, as I mentioned, Sark and his staff's ability. What does Jerry Hamilton call it? Recruit to the whistle. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of Judd A. Barron, remember he was a Baylor commit. Yes, he was. He was going to play for Matt, Matt Rule. Matt Rule guy. And then Matt Rule left, and he said, "All right, well, I'll come to Texas." Uh, Ethan Burke was a last day commitment who had been committed to Michigan, and Anthony Hill, of course, late in the process, flipped from A and M to Texas. And those three guys, how impactful are they? on this Texas mm-hmm. defense right now. Um, I got him on the final day of uh, recruiting. Hey, we come back. We're going to go off the record, including we've said it over and over, but the numbers continue to back it up. This Deion Sanders gravitational pull of college football continues to amaze. Uh, everybody is tuning in to see Deion Sanders' football team play at Colorado, uh, a 1-11 team a year ago that is now must-see TV for mm-hmm. everybody across the country. Details coming and off the record. Really filling it up with the red here with the big backups up along Mopac southbound headed to far west, and that's uh, going to be causing a little extra issue for you. Also, uh, southbound I-35, yeah, slow traffic. Don't see many crashes, though, in the uh, Georgetown, Round Rock, Pflugerville area. That's good news. And even Toll 130 is easing up a little bit southbound toward Highway 79. I-35 is not. It's still extremely heavy. Coming down from Wells Branch all the way to 183 on Mopac. It's heavy. We mentioned the crash at far west. Now northbound on I-35, Hayes County delay is just about done but slow from Onion Creek all the way toward the downtown region. Now, we do have a collision FM 812 at D. Gabriel Collins and another one reported. Uh, this is going to be on the frontage by 35 northbound at Riverside, but that one has just now dropped off, so the news a little bit better there. I'm Don Miller, and that's traffic. Hey, what's up, folks? Like Tom Longhorn, Rod Babers here. Austin is a beautiful city. That's why we all call it home. We love this city. What's not to love? And one of the reasons uh, that it's such an amazing city, that it looks uh, such uh, so attractive and such an aesthetically a pleasing city to look at is because of the skilled craftsmanship of Iron Workers Local 42. They've been helping shape Great Austin for a long time, since 1935. And as the city continues to grow and thrive, so does Iron Workers Local Union 482. They don't go to the office. They're the ones who actually actually build and construct the office. If you're looking for an exciting new career path, maybe you're frustrated with your work choices and you want a change in your career. Maybe you want something new, something that will challenge you. Maybe you want to feel valued by your employer. You can become a valued member of Ironworkers Local 482 and accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself while helping shape Austin's economic development. Right now, they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas. And you can become a member of Ironworkers Local 482 and you can take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that helps shape the future of our great city. So you can maximize your potential and be your best self today. Simply go online and apply at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org.
Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. Farmer's Almanac is predicting a colder and stormier winter than normal for Central Texas. So be prepared. Get your backup battery or Generac generator installed now from our friends at Divided Sky Roofing and Solar. It requires permitting and inspections, so you need to get it on the schedule now if you want to be ready in time for the really cold weather. Electric rates are increasing by more than 30%. Stop paying the power company and generate your own power. Divided Sky Roofing and Solar. Online at DividedSkyAustin.com. Texas license TECL 37. Hey, what's up, folks? This is your lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Winning season has officially returned, and now that the football season has officially kicked off, there are plenty of opportunities to win over at MyBookie. As a better, you demand perfection, and MyBookie delivers. NFL, college football, and a brand-new cash-out system that gives you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early, and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a much bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts, free bets, and super contests. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag right now and register for an account absolutely free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, to grab a welcome bonus on the house. The promo code HORN to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Remember, with MyBookie, you can bet anything, bet anytime, and bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with MyBookie, you're betting with the best. Seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care? Contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Our physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spine care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and more. Whether it's a mobility or movement issue or a traumatic injury, our our goal is to get you back to good health and quality of life. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Attention Grace knows women are tired of bulky, leaky plastic pads made with harsh ingredients that irritate their skin. Attention Grace is set out to design the cleanest, highest performing incontinence products, and the difference is night and day. Women everywhere are switching to Attention Grace, a revolutionary line of skin-safe incontinence, liners, pads, and briefs that are tough on leaks, safe on skin, and gentler on the planet. Ready to upgrade your incontinence care? Attention Grace, now available at Walmart.com and 1500 Supercenters nationwide. Hi, this is Dr. Brad Schaefer. As a podiatrist, I can tell you no two people's feet are alike, which is why I recommend Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotic Inserts. They're customized for your feet, so you get a unique solution your feet really need, not just a one-size-fits-all insole. They're clinically proven to provide pain relief for achy feet, knees, lower back, plantar fasciitis, and heels. Take the Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotics Assessment in Walmart today, now in the foot care aisle. 
Window Nation, the star of window replacement and proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys, can help you fill your house this season with savings. Right now, get up to 50% off any style window and make no payments and pay no interest for two years. Fill your home with energy-efficient windows for a customized, authentic Dallas Cowboys jersey while supplies last. You could even help fill the Cowboys' house and win tickets to a game. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com slash cowboys for details. Window Nation, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. The Horns text line is brought to you by Specs, a Texas-sized selection of wines, spirits, finer foods, and specialty beers. Cheers to savings. Off the record on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B is brought to you by Viking Fence. DD Mega Doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a break the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Yeah, that's right. Off the record time. You know, last week, Rod Babers, the uh, our producer, Ty Henderson, failed miserably at a challenge to eat the hottest hot wings at uh, Wings Up. The ghost pepper wings at Wings Up? Did not go well. No. Made himself mm-hmm. sick. Only yeah. finished four and a half out of 25 wings. That was a tough challenge, though. 25 wings, 10 minutes, no water or refreshment while need to get. You need to get wings. halfway. You need to get halfway to I, even call it a moderate success. He had four? I wouldn't be. I'm not chiding him because he didn't get to 25. I don't know if anybody could do that. No. Joey. Kobayashi himself probably could not. <laughs> uh, but apparently Ty is ready to take up another challenge that I also think could go worse than the wing challenge. I've just heard what this might be. Good for you, Ty. Uh, Ty is all, he's committed to the bits. He's committed to the content for our digital platforms. And um, tell me what's going to happen here. Your weekly challenge this week is to challenge who to what? I'm um, So right now it's still tentative on what, what time and day we're going to do this. We're looking at on Thursday, um, going over to one of the local high schools or fields around here. And me and Casey Studdard will have a punt, pass, and kick challenge. Punt, pass, and kick Wow. I've got I've got so much money on Casey Studdard on this. It's uh, not even close. Pass and kick contest. Yeah, um, just like I had money on the ghost pepper wings last week. I got money on Casey in a big way. Punt, pass, and kick. Casey's oh, yeah. one of the better athletes you'll ever come across who played offensive line. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Okay, so punt, pass, and kick. Are we going to do kick and field goals? Is the kick part right? Mm-hmm. And do you know distance? We have we decided? Are we just doing I mean, extra I point? I think 33 yards is usually okay. That's an extra point now, right? All right. And as far as the punt goes, we'll do that. Punts just distance. What? Uh, and then the How distance many punts are we going to get? Was one punt? Are we doing accuracy with this throw? Or just distance with the throw. We'll do three of each. And I mean, we I'm, if we do it at Westlake, they have the. You know, oh, the, the apparatus where you can throw, throw it into yes, like the, the little okay. the buckets yes. kind of deal with the net. So okay. maybe we'll put one of those down the field so you do okay, accuracy yeah. and distance. I like that. I, I think we should accuracy should be a part of it. You can't just go distance. He's I gonna, also, he's going to kill you if you just go distance. I also, <laughs> now, now, in the real P. You got to put some accuracy in there. That way you got a shot. In the real right? PP and K that they do, uh, each contestant is allowed one punt, one pass, and one kick. Mm, that's with a lot of kids and stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. I also haven't told Casey what, Andy what we're doing yet. 
So, oh, you haven't told Casey? He did, I just told him that we're going to record a video on Thursday, and he said yes. You can so. well listen. <laughs> he didn't know he's going to be engaging in act, physical activity. No, I think you should have you definitely challenged, need to tell him that. I, I, I think you probably should have challenged him in, in beer chugging, but he probably would have beat you at that oh, too. We can do oh. one of those at the end too. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, let's do P P and K and a beer chug. Uh, a beer shot a shotgun. I, I, yeah, Ty has no shot at beating him in a beer checking contest. Uh, That's the, honestly, he's got a better shot at the punt, pass, and kick than the beer checking. I don't know. <laughs> Ty a, is a world class beer checker. I know, but apparently. he's a former O lineman, dude. He's an NFL athlete. Ty got yeah. shin splints walking to the football <laughs> game the other day. NFL O lineman. I've dr- I've drunk with NFL linemen before, dude. They. They these 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 beasts these They're humans beasts. they they drink at a different level man <laughs> they consume alcohol at a different level than I've seen when you three hundred pound humans now he is smaller now and he's a he's a father now so maybe he's lost his ability to chug he's still bigger than me but, but man, I mean that's you know, I consider myself professional you going shotgunner he's I know. a professional athlete. Yeah, but offensive that, line. Tra- I know it translates. But. All right, well, we're going to put usually... some criteria around this because yeah. DeFry tells us that the typical PPK, the punt and the throw, are scored on distance and accuracy. Accuracy has got to be a big part of it. That way, Ty has a shot. Because if it's all distance, then he's just stronger. Well, it can't be like Deion so or Deshaun Watson throwing deep balls out of bounds 10 yards last night. <laughs> Good God, what was he doing? He threw What's a deep ball doing? down the sidelines. It was 10 yards out of bounds. Hey, man, he's a little rusty. A little rusty. He took, <laughs> he took some, you know, a little rusty. It's he right. flashed a few times, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. A few yeah. good throws. Oh, uh, flash. flash. Oh, I see what you're I doing what you there. Did there. Deshaun Watson, flash. flash. <laughs> did he get a rub? And, what, you know. <laughs> I see what you did hey, there, Tom. Uh, <laughs> well done there. He flashed. Do you, what do you have on off the record there, Rod B? Uh, okay, do you guys remember uh, the young man who hit Travis Hunter uh, who from Colorado State, the safety? Apparently, he's been getting – he got death threats. His information was all leaked online after that. Apparently – Either Colorado fans or maybe Colorado State fans, they're not sure exactly who the culprit is here who revealed that information. But all of his information, his phone number, his uh, address, all got leaked online. He received death threats as a result of going after uh, his, his name is Henry. Henry uh, yes, yeah, name is Henry Blackburn, the Colorado State safety, and he received death threats over his dirty hit on Colorado wide receiving cornerback Travis Hunter. Richard Sherman on ESPN yesterday alleged that he he, he thought it might be a, a they had a bounty on Travis Hunter on the Colorado State team. I don't know that to be true. Now he's going to be out three games. We know that though. Too. That's a shame too. Yes. That's and that was such a cheap shot. I still can't believe that guy stayed in the game. Didn't deserve the death threats though. Yeah, I don't know if he deserved the death threats. Well, you know what? Well, no one deserves that. Yeah, but uh, that game was ESPN's fifth most watched college football game ever, ever, ever. Crazy. And it's their largest audience ever in the nighttime window. That game ended at 1.30 in the morning. Everybody the, stayed it up shattered the it. previous ESPN late prime window viewership. And we it, stayed up. It's also the most streamed regular season game of all time for ESPN. <laughs> you don't think people are tuning in to watch Dion's team? And remember, those those streaming, that, that's because the game was, you know, Colorado State was winning the game. So you tuned in to see the show, and then all of a sudden – well, now they're winning. Can they close it? And the game went to overtime. They had all the compelling drama of an overtime game. And then everybody wanted to see the handshake afterwards. What's going to happen with a handshake? Man. Yeah. Well, get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. Yeah. Wait for this Oregon game this week. Yeah. I mean, is the best thing to happen for these uh, broadcast networks in a long time. He's instant ratings. He's like gold, man. He is. And thank Brett Yardwark. He's the only good thing happening to the future of the Big 12 right now. Yeah, your mark's probably claiming Colorado right now. <laughs> no, they're uh, they're one of ours. They're one of ours, Colorado. All right, we're back.